We have a very special guest with us here this morning. Alvaro Rodriguez is the pastor at Oasis Church in Santiago, Dominican Republic. He's also the founder of Santiago Theological Seminary. And one of the things that most encourages me about Alvaro is that he's been at the same church for over 34 years serving there. And yes, amen. And we are also blessed to have Rosanna here, his wife. She's the founder and principal of Oasis Christian School, and it's a bilingual school in Santiago, and I believe it's about 24 years that uh, you've been serving there, so Rosanna, well done. Great job. So good to have you here with us. So before Alvaro comes to preach to us this morning, just have a couple of questions for you. Uh, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Well, I'm originally from Peru. I'm Inca, Indian. And uh, I, I went to DR, to Dominican Republic, as a missionary. Uh, I, um, uh, I belong to a family of five siblings. And the Lord uh, called us when we were teenagers in Lima, Peru. So I got crazy with the Lord Jesus. And six years later, I was pastoring. I don't know how in Dominican Republic. How many children do you have? Three. We, we are, have three, children, three adult children. Two married, one single, one single. <laughs> and he just flew in last night from Europe visiting his daughter. What time did you get in this morning? Four. Four, four o'clock. So <laughs> lots of grace here today. So we're glad to have you and uh, just so glad that the Lord was kind enough to get you here on time. Uh, one quick question. Why did you start the seminary? Well, in Latin America and Dominican Republic, uh, we lack a lot of, uh, we lack places for theological and biblical training. For example, in all the north region of Dominican Republic, there is only one more solid uh, uh, seminary, and it's closed. It's closed for some years. So we are the only one option uh, on that. And also, from our experience, we, we teach ourselves, self-talk. Uh, we didn't have uh, theological resources, so we spent 15, 20 years of study by ourselves. So we wanted something better for the next generation of leaders. Great. And then one final question. Uh, what's one thing that you're celebrating in ministry right now? Well, from my experience, uh, uh, I spent many years alone mentoring by myself, teaching by myself, uh, surviving by myself, so church partnering, church support, pastoral friends is the one thing that I am very blessed at celebrating. Great. Mm -hmm. Well, we are very grateful to God for you. Uh, for anyone who wants to learn a little bit more about the seminary, Bonnie and I are going to host a dessert reception on Friday. You can RSVP to that. If, so if you want to get to know Alvaro and Rosanna a little bit better or come learn more about the seminary and how you can help support it because they do need some resources, uh, please, we'd love to have you over at the house. And so, Alvaro, thank you for preaching God's word to us this morning. And Teresa is going to come up now and read God's word for us. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together, so that there was no more room, 
not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise, take up your bed, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went, and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for you be with us. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for knowing you through Christ Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the work Jesus has done for us in the cross. We ask you, your light in our hearts, in our minds, your power, uh, your transforming word uh, affect our wills, our understanding, our behavior, uh, our soul. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. So good to be here. It's an honor. It's a blessing. Is there any Dominican here? No? Latin? Latin? Latino? Hispanic? Good. Okay. Uh, so, the, probably this is the first time you will listen a sermon in Spanglish. Let's see. <laughs> if you could not understand some word, ask for in the spirit interpretation. <laughs> <clears throat> Evangelical Christianity has become very popular in Latin America. There are more churches and more people attending a church every day. Right now, many people want to seek Jesus. But there are many people who are seeking Jesus, not necessarily for the right reason, but for secondary uh, benefits. Uh, today, in this uh, text, we're going to try to answer uh, two questions. Which Jesus should we offer to our neighbors and to our children? Because the response we receive depends on which Jesus we offer. And also, of all the things we look for in a church, and of all the things we offer in our churches, we have to stay focused on the most important thing for us as Christians, as a member of Christ's church. Uh, in Latin America, we, uh, we have a big 
burden, especially in, in young generations, that they have to achieve all what their ancestors could not. A career, a, a car, a, a profession, a house, uh, things like that. So, so many times when we come uh, to Christ, we only want that Jesus Christ help us to accomplish all, the, all that uh, goals. It's a big challenge for us. But let's see our text. Let's see a little bit of background. Mark's gospel from beginning to end is trying to show us who Jesus Christ is. His identity and his divinity as the Son of God. And because of this, uh, what he came to do. Chapter 1 has an introduction that defines the whole book. The gospel of Jesus Christ. It begins to reveal or uncover the identity of Jesus. In chapter 1, we see a series of characters who testify that Jesus is the Son of God. From there, Jesus begins his ministry of preaching, healing, and casting out demons while he starts calling his first disciples. His message coming with authority over demons and with healing power had an immediate and explosive impact. In the space of a single day, he talked and healed people in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And that same night, people were already bringing him a multitude of the sick and the oppressed by demons. To the point where the scripture says that the whole city was gathered at the door to see him. After about two days of ministry, he began his itinerant ministry traveling to other cities. In just a few days, he was already famous in the whole region to the point where he couldn't even get into any of the cities. He had to stay outside instead and have people to come to meet there. What an amazing day had come. Beginning in chapter 2, we see another aspect of the revelation of who Jesus is and what he came to do. Jesus gave himself to the task of helping the people who already knew about him understand him a little bit more. And he confronts a new audience who doesn't know him and does not accept him for who and what he really is. Let's see this. The first thing that we want to see is those who apparently accept the authority and priority of the gospel. Because this is the, the name of this sermon. Accepting the authority and priority of the gospel. Those who apparently accept the authority and priority of the gospel. In this passage, we see three groups of people in the same event. All of them are apparently interested in seeking and listening to Jesus. The first group in this sense is the crowd. The crowds. Jesus had already taught in Capernaum before, 
and had demonstrated his great power there. So <clears throat> when it became known that Jesus had returned to the town, the news spread like wildfire because these people already knew the power and authority of Jesus. And that's why they came to see him. <clears throat> Excuse me. So there were many people, like now, nowadays, who apparently wanted to see and hear Jesus because he is famous out of curiosity or because they were excited about the supernatural. These people's motives are superficial and many times incorrect. Then we see a second group. Those who seek Jesus because of their need. This, that's the next group, different from the crowds. They had a great need for Jesus. A paralytic and his four friends. Imagine that scene. The meeting, the house is overcrowded. Packed. All tickets were sold out. Even by force, he couldn't get in. So they made a crazy thing. They go by on the roof and try to enter from, from the roof in front of Jesus and all the crowd descending. Wow. In, in on these days, that will become viral, this video, right? <laughs> what an interruption. They had great need for Jesus because they needed something they knew only Jesus could provide. In this case, a healing. They were trying to get Jesus to heal the paralytic, no less. It is obvious that these people had faith they trusted that Jesus could even heal a paralytic and that he was willing to do it. They knew Jesus would not return them away. They were willing to do whatever it took for Jesus to help them. This group was different because the scripture says that because of their faith, Jesus did something for them that he didn't for the others. There are now many people like this. People have many needs and struggles, existential needs, emotional needs, psychological, physical, and material needs. Needs that they feel deeply. Needs that torment them and affect them greatly. And it's good for people to seek God when they have needs. But in order to receive Jesus, they are missing something else, which is to know who Jesus really is and exactly what he came to do. Then we see a third group. Those who wanted to be there listening Jesus' teaching, but really opposed him. So that's the group of the scribes. This text didn't mention why they were there, 
But from all over the gospel, we know that they were the authority, the theological, political, religious, social authority in Jerusalem during Jesus' times. And so they worry only for that, to keep that kind of uh, doctrinal, spiritual, social authority always. So they became always worried about Jesus' teaching, <coughs> excuse me, because, because of that. And all the gospels show that they always rebuke Jesus, oppose Jesus, dispute with Jesus. They didn't accept Jesus. They, 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 were, they were there. This group was listening closest to Jesus' teaching. They had realized some days before that he was someone who talked with the authority of God. And that's why they came to listen here, the scribes. So this group is, you, you could doubt of their, their, their intention, intentions just to, to analyze, but not really very honest interest in uh, Jesus. Uh, they were worried about Jesus' popularity they were interested in examining Jesus' uh, doctrine and probably criticize him. So they weren't really there because they acknowledged the person, the deity, the power uh, of, of Jesus. When we talk about seeking God, brothers and sisters, or going to church, it's the same as when you go to a party in someone's honor. There are different kinds of people who go for different reasons. Some people just come for the food. <laughs> Others come to enjoy the event and have fun. Others come to meet up with uh, their own friends. Some really do come to be with the guest of honor, to rejoice with him and to recognize him, when we are talking about seeking God, it's also important to know whether we are seeking Him for the right reasons and with the right motives. So after we see these three groups, let's see now Jesus' response to these three groups of people. So let's see the authority and priority that the gospel really offers. He makes an amazing declaration that has to do with sin. Son, your sins are forgiven. Surprising. He teaches what takes priority or what is most important. Which is easier, to heal a person or to forgive, forgive their sins? He shows how his greatest authority and power is manifested. How? Forgiving sins. In this, he affirms his identity 
and dating. Did you notice, did you notice what happened? After all those people had gathered, after they show up for such a spectacular event, after the friends of the paralytic uh, went so much in trouble, after the paralytic had put all his hope in Jesus, Jesus comes out with this response. Your sins are forgiven. Why did Jesus do that? Did he understand what was at, at stake? Everything was going just fine with the group, especially of scribes, until Jesus took it into his head to say, Son, your sins are forgiven. Why did this announcement bother the scribes so much? It says right here. Because the only one who can forgive sins is God. Because Jesus said that the forgiveness of sins is the personal prerogative of God. Much more so than healing. Because Jesus said that the Son of Man has the authority to forgive sins. In other words... What Jesus was asserting was that he was God and that he was, and that was the thing about Jesus that the scribes rejected. He made himself as God. How? Forgiving sins. How did Jesus show that he was the Son of God? Is the Jews had been left with the idea that Jesus healed but did not forgive sin. It would be harmful because the deity of Christ would not have been affirmed since only God forgives sins. The gospel would have been probably, you know, perverted and all of uh, even the theology would have been turned on his head because it would have been center of man, in man and not on God. A man-centered gospel has to do with solving the temporary problems of man and talks about satisfying the desires of humanity. But a God-centered gospel this deals with the biggest problem, the greatest attack on the glory of God, which is sin. So, which of these things would be the most spectacular thing that could happen among us? Which would be a greater proof of the power and love of Christ in our midst? That someone has healed or that someone was forgiven of their sins? My friends, this is the importance of the priority of dealing with sins. Because this is what Jesus came to do. Why is sin the most important issue for God? What does sin need to be the most important issue in your life? 
because it was sin that brought expulsion from the Garden of Eden, enmity, broken relationships, and the fall of man. Because sin brings the wrath, judgment, condemnation, and just punishment of God. Because all of redemptive history has to do with solving the problem of, of sin. Because the cause of all evil and of all problems is sin. Because the reason that the Son of God took human flesh, came to this world and died is because of our sin. Because when Christ saved us, justified us, gave us new birth, adopt us and redeemed us, it is from of the effects of sin. Because God's past, present, and future work in our life, that is to say, justification, sanctification, and glorification, it is itself to free us from the penalty, power, and presence of sin. Because sin is the ultimate offense and the thing most contrary to the nature, character, and honor of God. Because the essence of the Christian life is to fight against sin and to conquer our own sin. Because a happy life, a successful life, a good Holy, victorious life consists in dealing correctly and successfully with our sin. Because all the power, presence, and promises of God and all the things that pertain to life and godliness has given to us in order to conquer and deal with our sin. Because to love someone is to help them to deal with their sin. Sin. To love an unbeliever is to tell them about his problem with God so that there can be reconciliation. To love our children is to tell them what they are doing wrong, what they are doing against God. And ask them to reconcile with God. To love one another in the church means that we all seek to grow into the image of Christ by striving to eradicate our sins. So, sometimes there is a distortion of the priority of the gospel. God has blessed you in many ways. Maybe success in your study, to get a job, a career. But there is a highest priority to deal with the sin, with your sin. Your material needs are important. But the priority is that Jesus came to forgive, 
to eradicate the sin in your life, in all people's uh, life. I remember many years ago, I became a Christian when I was 16. Uh, this year will be 40 years. Uh, I was a very rebellious a teenager. I got a, a fight in the school. So I was expelled, if that's a word. And as punishment, my mom sent me to a retreat. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what a torture. I didn't been there seeking God, but God was seeking me. He found me. He found me with his love. He transformed me in such a powerful way. And I am still a sinner, <laughs> uh, but God is dealing with me, transforming me has saved me by mercy. I don't know why, I don't know how, but Jesus loved me. From before the foundation of the world, he loved me perfectly, completely, in a very efficient way, the same as he loved you. So, the day the church stopped to proclaiming that Christ came to remove sin, that the gospel free us from sin, the day that the church stopped making its first priority to deal with sin, this, the day that the church officially accepted that its goal is to have a good life and not to defeat sin on that day, Apostasy heresy begin and the true gospel is lost. There are no more loving words than this. Son, your sins are forgiven. This is how uh, God loved you. But I ask you, where are you? between these three groups with the multitudes always happy for church events, Jesus events and party and activities and that's it. Uh, with the scribes, uh, okay, knowing everything's fine, okay. Uh, with the friends of the paralytic, we, we want that Jesus help me. Have you heard Jesus' words? Son, I want to forgive your sin. I want to deal with your sin. I want to change you. I want to clean you. I want to sanctify you. I want to transform you. Have you take seriously this Jesus for your life? Let's pray. Father, thank you 
for sent Jesus to die for our sins. Thank you for he conquered sin, he defeated. And he rose from the dead in power and authority for us. We believe that now you have the authority and power to deal with our sins. We can confess, ask for forgiveness, reconcile with you. We want to trust in you, in your name, and you promise to deal with our sin. I ask you, Lord, that everybody here takes seriously why you came to earth, why you want to come to our life. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen.